I love looking back and reflecting on these experiences because I remember distinctly when I was deciding where am I going to study abroad, I just thought to myself, you know what? All my friends go to Europe, like not to throw any of them under the bus, but if I had one more friend that was going to go to Copenhagen, like, come on. It's, it's a pretty, it's an easy, pl- let's just put it this way. It's an easy place to navigate as a U.S. citizen. A lot of people speak English and I just felt like Europe was so much closer and I was fortunate enough that my parents had taken me to different cities and countries before that I kept asking myself, what am I going to never have the opportunity to do again? And that's how I landed on China. I didn't know a lick of Chinese, not even a word. I could barely say ni hao and that was it. So I knew what I was getting myself into was going to be really challenging. And I just felt like I didn't want to be like everyone else. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What's going on, Fix listeners? Welcome to episode 52 of the Fix podcast. That's right. This is the official one-year anniversary of the Fix. And I am just so happy to be able to say that. And I wanted to do something special, a little bit different, to highlight our first year. And I thought about, I was chatting with my editor, Tony, and we thought about potentially doing like a highlight reel, a compilation of some bloopers. You'll hear us get into that throughout this conversation because he is my guest of sorts today. For the most part, this is a solo episode, but in speaking with him and talking about some of the challenges and growth and changes that we've implemented over the course of the last year, we've seen an evolution of the show. And for those of you who've been around since day one, or maybe anybody out there who found an episode 20, 30 episodes in and you were like, let me go back and listen to episode one. First and foremost, we love you for being here. We appreciate your support as always. Hope that means that you've been finding value in every single conversation. But I felt like I wanted to kind of take a layer off and go behind the scenes. A lot of times you hear about shows. There's the most popular one that comes to mind is the How I Built This show, that approach of Look at these amazing companies who have had huge impacts on the world that are globally recognized brands. And it's really cool to talk to their founders, to hear from their founders, whatever it is. But I think sometimes we miss the whole process of what about as you're building it? What's going on behind the scenes? What kind of decisions are you making? What tough moments are you facing? And And there's no better person for Tony than Tony to bring bring this in. Well, and that's what I've always said about my studio you know, people want to see the process of how Mm -hmm. you became successful, that they don't want to just see, you know, someone who just already has their success. You have to be able to connect emotionally with your audience. And that's, you know, where we kind of touched on how to release your first few episodes, you know, those emotions tied to that. But I believe that that vulnerability is what connects you with your audience and that is specifically why I'm in the camp of, you know, releasing it as if they're the first podcast. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Well, I hope you guys enjoy today's conversation. We get into a whole lot of things. We really try to tie it back into some nutrition and fitness components because that is the content you're coming here for on a weekly basis. But I think this episode can appeal to a lot of different types of listeners. Whether you're somebody who's ever thought about starting a podcast, if you happen to be a fellow nutrition coach that's ever considering it, you might get a few different things out of this episode. If you're somebody who's just getting started on their nutrition journey, restarting your nutrition journey, you'll definitely get a couple take-home points from this episode. If you're someone who's debating whether it would be a good time to hire a coach, of course, I'd love to work with you and hear from you. This is definitely an episode that'll speak to you. But more importantly, this is just for somebody to kind of see what goes into the makings of the Fixed Podcast and bring that real authenticity. And also, if you want to look as good as Krista and you're a fitness, you know, guru or <laughs> wants to start their own podcast and they don't know how, let Krista know that you need my help. 
Yeah, there you go. So we got a lot, we got a lot to bring to the table today. I think that's the best way to kind of sum it up. So without further ado, we're going to hop right in. Tony's working his editing magic to make that transition right into the first few minutes of the episode and hope you guys enjoy. Hello, hello, Fix listeners. Welcome to our latest episode of the Fix podcast. I am your host, Christy Huber, and we are changing things up a little bit today, you guys. We are going to peel back a layer of the onion, so to speak, and bring in my producer, the amazing Anthony Marshall Prugal. He's like, don't make me blush. (laughs) Tony, so before- We've been having so much fun the last couple hours. (laughs) <laughs> we were just having an organic conversation. We're like, why aren't we recording? So exactly, you know, a little bit of an outfit adjustment, a little bit of a shave, some ice, and uh, we're we're in. <laughs> and here we are. And Tony and I were talking, and now that we're exactly one year into the podcast, and kind of nice timing coming up on 2022, which is a sheer accident. It just is the coincidence of when I first started podcasting last December. I was trying to come up with a way to be able to summarize, but then of course, make some nutrition ties, make some fitness parallels to everything I've learned over the past year. And I thought it'd be cool if I came on and did my whole thing, had a solo episode, kind of reflected, very similar to how I did the first solo episode we recorded not many months ago, like maybe six, eight weeks ago, I don't remember the exact date, but At that point, I was like, okay, what have I learned so far over the course of the past year just in growing the Fitness Fix brand? Because it was right around the time that I had spent a full year of launching the online nutrition coaching business aspect of everything that this entire thing represents. So I'm sitting there thinking over the last couple of days, now that I feel more comfortable with the solo episodes, because obviously that was a bit of an adjustment, as you know, Tony. And I thought to myself, maybe I need to somehow flip the script and who better to almost turn the table, so to speak, and kind of interview me. And knowing your perspective of us being in the trenches together, trying to figure out this whole podcast thing, we'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to our guy, Dom Fusco, who really got me up and running. He pushed me to first launch the podcast, as did my great friend, Chase Tuning. They were both very influential in getting the Fix podcast off the ground. But since then, Tony and I have kind of come together. I've had some amazing other people around me as a part of this team. We've got Kara McCoy, who's helped me with a lot of my design work. She is the brains behind my logo, the Fix website, everything. And she's even helped us come up with some of the new templates that you're seeing on social media for the podcast itself. And with all that, I'm like, let's bring it all together and kind of talk about what it actually takes to start this damn thing and keep it going because this is not easy. And I'm not saying that to try to give myself credit for sticking with it because frankly, you know this because I say it to you every single week. There's so much that I do with this show that I could not do without your help because you seriously, seriously help me when it comes to managing my time. We're taking things to the next level. You're going to start to help me with managing guests and building out more content. But just in terms of turnaround and editing, people have no idea what kind of time and effort actually goes into producing a lot of these shows. And that is apparent in the stats that you know, like how many podcasters out there kind of flop after episode three, let yeah, alone episode imagine, 33. You know, you doing this in December, we we didn't even know each other. I mean, I'm right. pretty sure we met, was it like April-ish? No, or? it was, we met in like October of 2020, I want to say, around there. Yeah, it was right around like Halloween of, of October 2020. Yeah. So because at that point I knew Dom, because I'd met Dom through my brother. Yeah, that's the timeline. Tony's sitting there. For those of you not watching this video, Tony's math, pondering. Dude. I'm doing math. <laughs> He's going back. What are you, are you going back to your text messages? No, I don't know. All the texts are gone. <laughs> oh, we have way too many texts that are like, hey, yeah, it's 11 know, p.m. on we did, Wednesday we did night. No, <laughs> like writing, no planning. This is just totally organic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that being. And having someone to hold you accountable on those weekly releases really helped you out. Yes, totally. Especially in the last two months alone, right? Having gotten the new job at the fort, 
really busy over there. It's really hard. I think it's interesting when you love social media, but then it becomes a part of your job in the sense that you're not only managing it for your own brand and your own presence online and who you are as an individual, you start to take those same skills and apply it to another company, another vision, whatever it is. I still teach, still nutrition coach, all that combined, it would have been very easy for me to be like, you know what? The podcast is going to take a little bit of a hiatus. And there were things that definitely had to give. I'm the first person to say it. I've said it on some of my other solo episodes. A lot of the time, the advice that I'm sharing, I'm actually giving to myself in terms of getting back on the grind or refocusing, resetting with my own nutrition and my own fitness goals. That's definitely what you've been for me when it comes to the podcast, because it is really easy to come up with a reason to be like, you know what, I'm not going to turn the microphone on today or feeling like you don't have your setup exactly right. And you know me, I'm a big perfectionist and I don't want to put anything out right, unless right. it's of top quality. All right. November 27th. You got it. is around the time that we met, okay. but we didn't start the podcast mm -mm. until June-ish, July. Correct. Because Tom, yeah, exactly. Because timeline-wise, we it was like November-ish, and then I had already begun. I did my coursework through Chase's Operation Podcast Company, got everything up and running. Had met Dom not too long before that, and, and he started doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Up, didn't they initially hook you up with a company called Libsyn or something like that? So talk, that's talk just a for a little bit about sure. that challenge, like because oh, not yeah, only did you because not only did you upload everything, but mm -hmm. then. Uh, and it had posted already and you had launched, but in order to upload on Anchor and to switch it over from Libsyn, you lost all of that and you had to yeah. re-upload and re-promote, I believe, the first four episodes. So talk yes. a little bit about that. Sure. I honestly blacked out and forgot about that because that was definitely stressful in the moment. And it took me, you, Dom, Chase, a couple of other editors on Chase's team to kind of work through that. And that was... It was almost seven episodes in, actually. So oh. I was pretty close to like double it, digits. It, yeah. Yeah. And what happened was, so for those of you who are listening to this in our podcasters, you could probably relate to this a little bit more. But just for some context for the average listener, when you upload a podcast, it gets attached to what's called an RSS feed. And we don't necessarily need to explain that other than to say that that's how your audio gets disseminated on all the different platforms. And every podcast out there has a unique RSS feed associated with it. Within that, though, the RSS feed is tied to a specific platform, almost like a channel is the best way that I could describe it. And you can jump in if I'm not doing it justice, Tony, but almost like a channel. And there are different services that you can use that essentially, I don't want to say own, but because we still own the content, but in terms of managing the channel itself and where you upload the episode so that they get pushed out across what you, the listener, then listens to it on via your top two being Apple Podcasts or usually Spotify, at least for most of my fixed listeners, and, and that's really, where most of them are coming and from. And that's like uh, behind the, you know, inside baseball type of information because sure. for me, I'm more of a behind the scenes kind of guy. Like I, although I've had a podcast, I only really released it on YouTube or Instagram. Mm -hmm. I actually never took that step to get sure. you know into anchor or into any other service. And I think right around that time, the second challenge that you had was losing your first laptop. Where, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so did you end up losing like two or three or four episodes? Yes, I did. So which I was my episode with you on your podcast. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember which came first, but basically just to keep it going on this, uh, it was the perfect storm, we'll call it that. What happened was I had made this transition from one of these channels, which was through a company, Lipson, and now we push the podcast out via Anchor. Anchor happens to be owned by Spotify. It's totally free. So if anybody out there is looking to start their own podcast, your only literal barrier to entry is if you want to purchase a microphone, which makes it it's great. It's accessible. It's another way to potentially get your messaging out there, help people kind of get to know who you are as a person. You don't know how, contact Krista and, <laughs> and Tony. <laughs> exactly. So we decided to make the transition over to Anchor. And I had already been set up on Lipson and we thought, oh, this will be an easy switch. Well, it turned out that in trying to make the transition, a bunch of the episodes fell off. And unfortunately, 
we lost a lot of the analytics, which is a little bit of a bummer because I had some of these episodes. I was already seven episodes in, which is almost two months of podcasting based on my timeline of one episode per week. And for another kind of inside look at podcasting in terms of analytics, there's an effect with podcasting that even if your episodes are not intended to be listened to in chronological order, a lot of listeners like to go back to the beginning. So the longer your episodes sit, the more those listens may potentially increase. If someone finds you for the first time, maybe they listen to your latest episode, but then they're like, oh, I like what this person has to say, and they'll go all the way back to the beginning. So I lost a little bit of that information, and to bring it all, to put the cherry on top of that Sunday, I then had an accident with my computer. For those of you who listen to The Fix, you know I love coffee. And that came to bite me in the butt because I spilled coffee foreshadowing all well. over my computer, all over it. And this was a great lesson because Tony had been telling me, I will put, take the onus and oh, say, hard external hard drive, baby. And I did not pursue the external hard drive route until it was too late. So we had a few episodes saved. This was where we ran into the trouble. This was what happened. I had all of the old episodes saved on Dropbox because that's how we transfer the information from all of the audio content and visuals via Zoom every single week. So I had episodes that had previously been recorded, but at the time I was trying to batch my content and get ahead of my content calendar. And I was just on a podcast recording craze where basically all I did for like 10 days straight was record a bunch of episodes and there were five one of them was an episode I had done with Tony so this is an episode that was a long time coming yeah and a couple other guests so I was devastated because I had to contact all of them again and ask them if they would be kind enough to redo the interview but to spin it positively as I like to do I will say that that was honestly a good thing one I learned the hard way how important having an external hard drive was and now I do 100% have one and now I make it a point that as soon as my episodes are finished recording, I immediately upload them both there and to my Dropbox just to be super safe. But two, I actually had a guest that came on my show for the second time to redo the recording. And he was really nice and even gave me a compliment that he felt I had already had some growth in my interviewing skills, seemed a little calmer, a little less nervous, gave him more space to talk because that's definitely been my biggest change that I've really actively worked towards and happy to get into that and break that down more. But it was, it was kind of a good experience in that regard. It was a positive because it helped me have the opportunity to ultimately release what was a much better interview anyway. Yeah, and I think that's a natural transition into what something more presently we've been debating over is the future of those first you know dozen podcasts and what we want to do mm-hmm whether or not repackaging the content, producing the long form content, because you are very, not just you, but human beings, we are self-conscious about ourselves when we're at our weakest. And, you know, in the beginning, that is who we all are when we're, you know, putting ourselves out there and, you know, working through some of those mannerisms, like we spoke about uh, the, is it the, like the? It's like a little, okay, I'm not going to intentionally do it, but <laughs> so one of the questions I wanted to ask Tony that we discussed pre-recording, I wanted for fun, just for, you know, let's laugh at ourselves and giggle a little bit. I wanted to know if he would share some of my like kind of little ticks that I do that oh he God. notices well, from editing my voice every week. Inspired me. This just inspired me. What we need to do is, is we have time codes of all of your mistakes. We, we should, should compile them into one episode. Blo- like a blooper reel of all of the mistakes that you had. I mean, that would even be pretty good. That would actually be kind of fun. Maybe that's, we'll put that up on like, like a reel on Instagram or something. Because I don't remember it like that. And that's probably why we should have probably done this six months ago. Because over the past six months or so, uh, she's actually been tightening it up. Uh, and there's no comments recently. So like, I don't have anything on the top of my mind as far as issues because you've been perfect, you know, for the past six months. Oh, I didn't pay him to say that. I do pay him, but I didn't pay him to say that. 
No, I know, I have to say I'm proud of myself and I will give myself a little pat on the back for that. We were joking, even saying that in Dom having to do a lot of the heavy lifting, he would be the one that would be like, yikes. Oh, I, I think, would. I still editing the audio? Like, yes, you were or, assisting. Or was I just doing the clips? I'm, tr I'm trying to think. You slowly uh, started to come in to pick a few clips and that was kind of how we made the transition. If I remember correctly, it was yeah. kind of like you took the project and you split it in half, but as a little bit of a tangent yeah, yeah, to go yeah, back yeah. to the main question i have this like annoying sound <laughs> that i find annoying because i always catch it it's like a little like like a tisk sound it's like a that's what it is and it's usually me trying to catch my breath and then it, like, I like that. And it's just one of those things that you pick up on. I also feel like I'm pretty good and intentional, intentional, excuse me, about not going crazy with the ums and the uhs. When I first started, I tended to say like a lot. And you only get better with that by continuing to record and going and going and going. And to your point, we're like, what are we going to do? We're kind of at a little bit of a crossroads. We are aiming to make the transition, or I would say the evolution is probably a better word because it's building on one on top of the other, to bring the fix onto YouTube. I love video. We record all of these episodes inside of Zoom. We have video content that goes with it. For those of you who follow on social media, obviously you see our mini clips, but that's a part of a much larger, longer, full hour plus episode. And Tony and I were just chatting the other day about, okay. Maybe, maybe we should put the question out to your audience. Yeah. To make the decision. What should we do with the archive of footage? Right. Yeah. Whether or not I love it's, it. you know, producing it as if they're their own episodes, whether or not it's a blooper reel, whether or not it's a wrap up show like this, you know, where, I mean, on Ecamm, I could literally now bring up the Dropbox, have a screen grab of dropbox and we could literally watch them right now live and just and just sit there and, 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 and <laughs> roast myself or, or roast them too that would be good i wasn't thinking <laughs> that i was thinking the actual content right you know back no, to your nutrition right. where you know obviously we have fun but you know and, and talk from my own experience about you know as a testimonial work yeah with you, that uh krista had me for one week let her know what i ate Yes. And I really feel like, you know, having that as, you know, if you're actually paying her and it's a weekly type of thing, it really holds you accountable as long as you're you're not a liar and you don't lie to yourself. If you that, bite it, you, know, you write it, baby. You know, All my clients have, know that. Yeah, that I, I really feel like you're only hurting yourself if you don't, you know, be totally honest because, you know, this is a list for you. This isn't a list for your, your nutritionist, right? And uh, so I definitely think there's a lot of value there. Um, what did you feel like you learned? I'm flipping it on you now. That, that was it. That, that was it. Was that, that the number one you know, thing? You know, like Do you just, just by accounting for it yourself, mm -hmm. you start, I don't want to say, and this is a bad negative connotation, but judging yourself, yep. right? That if you're me, and obviously this is kind of like, you know, uh, breaking through the fourth wall a little bit, but you know, whether what what if people were to post what they ate like verbatim and everybody held you know everybody responsible in a sense like like a platform where but i mean i guess there's apps like that and then you can share your we do kind of try to right? you know we we kind of try to do those things but like you said rather than from a place of judgment in a positive yeah. regard so my clients this this is a great way to kind of talk about some more of the things that we do inside yeah. of the fixed coaching program all of my clients who work with me at any point. So as, or even if you're just semi interested and you're exploring, I invite everyone into a group inside of an application. It's a really cool app. It's called Geneva and it's a free group that you can join. You come in and we post lots of different things to keep on the food track specifically. I will actually ask clients if they find great recipes to share them and to share pictures and send us the links to them. And that way we've built this repository for each other because half the time, the ideas that might work for one person could very well work for 50 other people, hundreds of other people. Everyone is individual. You're going to have different challenges. But if you tend to work with the same quote unquote client avatar, you find that their struggles and their challenges are similar 
and therefore can be met with similar solutions. So I really feel that it's a very important component of coaching to be able to cultivate that online space, not just a community, but the space to create the room, the capacity, whatever you want to call it, for people to connect with each other, not just have this siloed one-on-one coaching relationship. Because the other reason is that there are certain things that I just haven't maybe experienced in my life yet. And I can't necessarily relate as much. And let's say you're out at dinner and you're sub, you know, you're, you're nervous about what to order. Like for Mm -hmm. example, like that one podcast that you spoke about that, that if all of your friends were to be a part of that same platform and would all have the same, uh, goals as you so that they can help you guide the choice and Mm -hmm. know where you're struggling because let's say they're let's say you know your friends are perfectly let's i mean not everybody's not healthy but let's say they're perfectly healthy Mm healthy they look good and you know they don't necessarily need to be on there but they can then see where you're where you're struggling so then when they see you make a certain decision at dinner they already know what you're going through versus Mm -hmm. just judging you You feeling alone judging you yeah and you know you and i have even talked about this a lot of times when i talk to clients i know other nutrition coaches i've had on the show we've talked about this that that can be one of the most isolating components of trying to reach a specific nutrition or fitness goal because you get self-conscious about what your friends are going to think especially yeah even family members think Mm -hmm. about it If, if we were to like put up a calendar how many cheat days that we've been wired to have i mean think about it christmas they add up and you probably have two christmases like whether or not because most people's families are you know divorced so you're having to double (laughs) up on christmas i mean look at that i mean that's you know you're multiplying that again by two you know or even with like significant others and you're going to their family members yeah yeah Mm -hmm. or you're going to another family member so I mean, how many holidays do you think there are per year? I mean, let's let's. Well, I mean, if you want to pull out the calendar while I'm talking, go for it. But I think this is a great point because I always I'll do camera switching, too. So like when I go run off because I had to flip the sausage. Yeah, yeah. No, um, you know, I'll do the camera switching to where like it'll just be to you. talking. (laughs) Make sure you delete the part about you saying you're doing the sausage flipping. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But anyways, yeah, while you're pulling up the calendar and actually counting the, the holidays, think about this. I love this point. You have to Google it. Be, yeah, just go for 11. it. So let's say there's 11. But think about this, but then multiply in vacations, work travels, birthdays. One of the reasons why I have the expectation with clients to work with them for a minimum of six months is to this exact point. In six months, I can guarantee that together we are going to navigate at least one major holiday, one if not probably two or three birthdays if not more if you factor in friends plus family members siblings whatever and then travel whether that's for leisure or for work or for both it is so important to work through those situations together with a coach that you might not get the opportunity to do that in an eight-week program a 12-week program however many week program even a four-week one those are cool if you just want to get started and maybe you're assessing whether you want to dip your toe in the water, just get some general education. But to tie it back into the number one component and the foundation of all of this, of the accountability piece, not only for me and Tony with podcasting, but his example of his experience and getting a little taste of what my coaching is like, the accountability needs to be there in the moments when it's harder. And that's why I had a whole episode recently explaining why you're better off and more likely to reach your goals in 2022 if you hire a coach right now at the end of 2021 instead of using it, sorry, as an excuse. It sounds harsh, fine, but it's the reality that it's too busy this time of year. Because if you can nail your shit this time of year and you can learn at least even if you don't nail it even if you figure out how to navigate it the hardest hardest so then think about if you can deal with it and you can figure out how to not only deal with it i should use a better phrase than that not only deal with it but actually just manage it in general even if you make like two marginal decisions that are slightly better than you would have done if you had no coach at all or you compared yourself to the year before you're already winning because you're already on the track to making improvements. And I think that a big challenge for people is they get too caught up in this idea that it's gotta be an all or nothing approach and they're just gonna do it when it's quote unquote more convenient. 
that time is never coming because you're just going to keep going through different phases of your life where you'll come up with multiple sets of inconveniences. And, you know, I'm at the point where lots of my friends are getting married and then there's bachelorette parties and you're traveling and you're doing all these things. And it's like people are trying to have a lot of different irons in the fire with work and different streams of income. And so they feel like their side hustle gets in the way of them making time to work out or meal prep or whatever it is. My point is by ranting through that is that I can come up with 17 reasons why it's never a good time to work with a coach or go on a diet or whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, that's never going to change. So why don't you just accept that for what it is and refocus your mindset to this idea that how about we create a plan that's specific for you, Tony, or me, Krista, or whoever it is that I'm working with to meet you exactly where you are and think about it in chunks. Like, okay, we've got six months together minimum. Let's break that down a little bit further and think to ourselves, well, how are we going to do this from week to week? And I think that's kind of the approach that subliminally you and I have taken with the podcast because there have been a lot of moments where we've had to roll th- with the punches, those initial ones that you described when we first got going. Man. And then more recently, with the fort yeah and you also uh dropped water on a second one <laughs> yeah so that we dropped water be, on another computer that would Ooh. probably be uh the the third obstacle snafu we had yeah had mm-hmm. um, and you know you're buying new laptops i mean she's not just going and getting like a used laptop for like mm-hmm. four or five hundred dollars i mean she's dropping the bag <laughs> <laughs> and Love we even that. talked to, and we talked about like, okay, what's the strategy here? Because the most important thing was making sure we had a good quality laptop for podcasting too. Because for a second, I was trying to find a workaround so I could wait to buy a new computer. We and then don't worry, iPads. we got Apple. Care. Then we could get a waterproof <laughs> uh, iPad or something. Yeah. You if know, you take one thing drink. away from this episode, it's that Chris does not get with drinks near her computer, and yeah. we've learned our lesson with that. We've definitely yep. learned our lesson. Um, but no, all kidding yeah, aside, so what other yeah. challenges have you had? Cause it's like, that's what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. Like they want to hear like the challenges that you had getting to this point and ironing everything out. You know, um, I'm trying to think what other challenges. I think another have? challenge. I mean, just produce here, here, here's another challenge, uh, sure. having to produce the same day. I think yes, I that's what, have, actually what I was about to bring up. Yeah, If I do have any complaint. It would be issue it. Let's like, hear it. Although, Come on, like air I out your grievances. Am, I'm I'm known for my turnaround, right? Yeah. And I love how That's quickly that I can do it, but I like doing it on my own time. Terms, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. And although I'm capable of doing it, I feel that. And recently, you've edited, you know, and produced several podcasts in one week, which has been great. Mm-hmm. But you can see where. You know, I've almost been editing it still on Wednesdays. You oh, know, yeah. I've, I'm just like in that type of mentality and mood where obviously in the beginning I wasn't working with Camelot. Right. You know, now I'm editing six podcasts a week yeah. in addition to recording, you know, uh, three to four to five in some cases. So, you know, big shout out to Camelot as well on Bro Bible, the Endless Hustle podcast, which is what I've been working on. Um, but that that's what I would say. Talk a little bit about that, you know, the turn turnaround and, you know, what is your typical process? Because sure. with support, you know, your time to dedicate to your own personal brand, you know, has been less Changed. and less. Totally. I'm so glad that you brought this up because that's definitely been a big challenge of ours and a more recent one too, right? So while you mentioned earlier that you caught me at a time when I was already kind of in a groove and Dom and I had made some improvements and me kind of figuring out the edits that I wanted to make on a weekly basis so that our video files weren't littered with my comments of like, cut this, jump back in here, find this time code. The next big challenge we faced is a change in my schedule. And with the change in my schedule, we, it it kind of, I'll say it forced my hand a little bit, right? Because I've been candid on a lot of the episodes and talking about the fact that I had some apprehension when it came to recording solo episodes where I just kind of turned on the mic and let it go because I was nervous. I can ramble and I'm definitely wordy sometimes. I don't remember any apprehension that you're doing solos. 
No, I really did. I, I actually, I, so the whole thing with me, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, I haven't done them recently because my schedule has just been a little bit all over the place. But for a while through the summer, I was doing those wellness Wednesday episodes. And sometimes I would interview people, but a lot of the times I would come on on my own and it was only like 10 minutes. It was a lot on Instagram live. And I actually sort of pushed myself internally to do that because I wanted it to be my dress rehearsal, so to speak, for recording solo episodes. There was something about doing it on Instagram live and I guess kind of like the crutch of knowing that the listener or the viewer knew that I was recording it live and could possibly make a mistake kind of gave me comfort to just do it. Whereas I don't know what it is about the microphone and having your ring light and turning on Zoom and knowing that it's going to be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I have this connotation in my head of like, wow, this is more serious, so it needs to be perfect. And I don't think that's a bad thing, right? Because well, it helps you. me produce quality content and with your help, of course, and the rest of everyone who's helped me get to this point. But it just made me afraid to really go for it. And I'm trying to be transparent in sharing that because I think a lot of times people will listen to bigger podcasters and just assume that like, boom, they woke up one day. And that even kind of goes back to everything we were just talking about of like, what are we going to do with this older content? So we'll wait to hear what you guys have to say. And then I guess we'll see what shows up on YouTube and how we're yeah, going mean, to compile it all together. I mean, what, you know, obviously I threw out, you know, that blooper idea. Let's let's talk about it a little. bit. I do like, like the blooper idea. You, well, well, because didn't you want to like take three or four or five episodes and kind of combine them and then yes. summarize them or something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my so my initial idea. So for some context for everybody, because I feel like now we're kind of jumping around and we didn't get back to the question, but that's okay. Um, I've been debating now that we're moving into the next level of the podcast world we want to go on youtube and i like video i want to include it we're recording video anyways and youtube is a whole nother ball game and there's lots of different ways you can play it and there's not necessarily a quote-unquote right or quote-unquote wrong way but i like to be transparent and i like to show up authentically so a part of me really wants to just go all the way back even though i feel that they're cringeworthy in some ways and take the old episodes and throw them onto youtube in their raw form that also means we have That's a lot of editing to do, do. <laughs> i know I but <laughs> it's not really what i want to do like there's a part of me that wants to do it but the other part of me is saying I've grown a lot in one year as a podcaster, so I feel I bring more value in my more recent episodes. And the biggest reason I feel that way is because the challenge that I had the most of any other challenge when first getting started with podcasting is not giving the guest enough space to share their full answer and feeling like I needed to talk too much or I tend to kind of, my brain works really fast. So sometimes I'll ask three questions in one. And Tony knows, and that I think that's why I enjoy wor us working together because you t you keep up with me in that regard and you like know what my ultimate goal is of when I'm asking you a certain question. However, I just listened back to a lot of episodes and I will say too, I take a lot of pride to the point where when we first got started, before I even had anybody on Chase's team or, any, or whether it was Dom, or even you for at least the first couple of months of maybe like three or four episodes of you and I working together, I would record the episode on Zoom with a guest. And then I always listened to the entire episode back, whether I was looking for edits, which was more of what it was in the beginning, finding those places where I felt that I was rambling and trying to cut them down, or I was looking for like the quotes that we were going to use to highlight the episode for clips to re-record the introduction that you guys have heard lately at the beginning of my episodes when I'm introducing a guest after the fact or post-production. I, I wanted to refresh my memory on what we talked about because sometimes there's so much, not sometimes, all the time, there's so much in that one hour. It's important to me that I take a little bit, listen, reflect, and then think, okay, how, what do I want the fixed listeners to get out of this? And that's kind of given me the opportunity to speak a little bit more and feel less of that pressure of like, well, I want to jump in right now and respond to exactly what they're saying. But remembering always that it's a conversation, I feel that I've gotten so much better at that 10 plus episodes in. And that's where I'm asking myself, well, what do I do with this old content? It's not so much 
me feeling like it's not my best work or my most polished because I think there's value in telling the whole story and showing up as your true authentic self. And that's why it's okay if I make weird tisk sounds or say um and like. I think people appreciate that. But you also want to put your best foot forward and you want to come across like you actually know what you're talking about. And I take a lot of pride in sounding eloquent. I mean, at the end of the day, this for me, podcasting for me is really the pinnacle of all of my skills because not many people necessarily know this story. I haven't fully shared it on this podcast. I, I sometimes drop it into other conversations when a podcaster, a fellow podcaster comes on the show, but I actually went to school for journalism. So this is the height of combining my two passions. And I think that's more of the reason why I'm so hesitant to not put out my best work because I've been editing content. And I also, I think that's an advantage. I have no qualms of listening to my own voice. Some people are super weird about that, but I had to do it when I was like 19. So I kind of got over that. I got over of how I looked on camera. And I'll just share a quick little story because I don't know that I've ever told you this, Tony, but it's really stuck with me and I've carried it, especially with podcasting. Um, I had a professor in college. I went to Washington and Lee and I've definitely shared that on the show. And I was in the journalism school and it was an amazing experience because it was a liberal arts school, but we actually had a journalism program. Whereas a lot of the other universities I looked at when I was applying to colleges, I would have been like an English major or something like that. And that would have been a very different experience. It would have been a lot more reading and writing papers. Whereas in this program, I learned how to actually edit and shoot video, rule of thirds, like things that I've even said to you before. You're like, oh, I didn't know you knew that. I know how to do a little bit in Photoshop here and there. I can use InDesign, et cetera. And I had this professor. I really wanted to be an anchor on TV. That was my dream job. If you asked me when I was 18, I would have told you that in seven years, I'm going to be on like some either local or probably bigger. I had bigger dreams than that, but to be on this like big news channel, right? So we had a class. It was called the Rockbridge Report. We actually produced a full-blown weekly TV show, and I auditioned to be an anchor for it. And when he told me the reason why I didn't get picked, I was very upset. Now, the first one, I'm not going to call the guy out and totally throw him under the bus, so I won't say him by name, but the first reason I was a little offended, I'm not going to lie, he told me that my makeup, my forehead looked shiny and I needed to work on my makeup. I was not even 20 years old, so I was a little bit offended by that one because I also felt like it was something that like, okay, maybe it was an off day. Who knows? Maybe I was on my period and like my skin was a little more oily. Like I felt like that was like, really? You're going to like make me a hard time for that? Well, like from a production standpoint, like don't you use like- We had a full uh, set. We had big lights and everything. Well, like it's it's not powder, but- like mm-hmm. it's some sort of like yeah powder no you're right it's a powder or something right yeah i was like okay well i can fix my makeup so i was like uh, kind of rolled my eyes but the second thing he told me he felt that i sounded too jersey and i don't know if i've ever told you this before but he felt that my accent was very obvious when i was reading off of this script and for those He's of producing. you who don't yeah, producing, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and for those of you who don't know this Uh, This is a really random fact, but you might know this, Tony, since you do live in the Midwest. Those are actually Midwestern accents are the most neutral accents in the U.S. and just in general. So usually it's actually the preferred. They've done studies for news sources. It's the preferred way to listen to news because there's something about the cadence and the inflection and the way the words are said from a midwesterner that's a little bit more pleasant to the average person's ear regardless of where you're from it's almost it's so neutral that it's a little bit harder to tell so usually people who are from like ohio or illinois or places like that are uh, for whatever reason to our ears we let quote unquote like to hear the news be told by them um, so I just I, I let that stick with me because I was really defeated by that experience and just really surprised. I never actually pursued that any kind of anchor position like that because I wound up going into digital media and was more of a behind the scenes kind of person. I wrote articles that were obviously on the internet, had a couple different internships where I was working for either print or digital newspapers and did that whole scene. And I still pursued journalism for a few years, but that led to my foray into finance. And I thought that that might be my seg, like my detour 
in finance would be a, a guide right back into getting into journalism and being in more of the business journalism space. But along the way, I realized that I did not want to sit behind a desk, so had a few fitness a gigs. You guy to, to tell <laughs> you his complaints and to produce <laughs> you, but in a better way. Because at the end of the day, he was probably trying to help you. Yeah, he totally. Like, hey, if you the delivery make, wasn't great. You know, yeah. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. so. It, it and took, also too, I just actual, didn't. It took an actual Midwestern <laughs> to you know help you. Uh, you know, yeah, and you also know. too, I just didn't want to wind up to really make it in a lot of those roles. You have to be okay with moving to the middle of nowhere right out of college and living hey, in a really hey, random city. Hey, and mm -hmm. hey. and I didn't want to do that. Like I had, I would have had to live in like West Virginia or like somewhere really random, work on a very small local news show, and. I actually was surprised I even went to the college I did because I was bent on going to school in a city and Washington and Lee is in the middle of nowhere and I did the exact opposite. So there were a lot of factors at play, but I'll just never let that story go. Were you, did you go to school in China? I did. Mm -hmm. yeah, so so where, I studied abroad in China. Where does that come in? Yeah. So where, when is that? Is that in high school? College. That was my junior year of college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to have another episode about that experience sometime. There's so much. There's so much to uncover here. Into it. I know. Well, I think I don't just know. To, this is something I've genuinely wanted to know. Well, to bring it to bring it all back and tie it in, you know, there's there's literally there's seriously so much to say about that experience. I'd actually love to do a whole podcast on it. So I'm gonna put that in our back pockets. However, to be able to tie this piece of my life into a lot of how my career has gone and, and the decisions that I've made, I feel like the importance of China in the grand scheme of my college career and then what led into my post-grad career was just not being afraid to do something different. And well, most of my friends- a news channel or new, make news content? No. no, my most of my so I went to China. I just studied business well, and not, I studied not with Chinese. China, but like you said, that like your dream was to be like a newswoman, right? Yes, but on like a business channel, so like a MSNBC or Would you one want of those to do business related news content. Yes, exactly. I'm mm -hmm. talking about like right now, not this, not right now, but I'm talking about. As your content, would you want to do anything like that? Maybe, but I feel like I'd have to ease the listener into it because right now it fitness, sounds like a little more, bit out of left field. More like fitness-related news content? Maybe. That's something we could we could consider, brainstorming some ideas on the show, about the show. I like it. All right. I digress. That's okay. So I think, you know, I love... I love looking back and reflecting on these experiences because I remember distinctly when I was deciding where am I going to study abroad, I just thought to myself, you know what? All my friends go to Europe, like not to throw any of them under the bus, but if I had one more friend that was going to go to Copenhagen, like, come on, it's, it's a pretty, it's an easy, let's just put it this way. It's an easy place to navigate as a U.S. citizen. A lot of people speak English. And I just felt like Europe was so much closer. And I was fortunate enough that my parents had taken me to different cities and countries before that I kept asking myself, what am I going to never have the opportunity to do again? And that's how I landed on China. I didn't know a lick of Chinese, not even a word. I could barely say ni hao and that was it. So I knew what I was getting myself into was going to be really challenging. And I just felt like I didn't want to be like everyone else. And I think that's been something that Very is- Very admirable. Thank you. But it's really a part of my path, right? It's it's really a part of my path in the sense that like I've even gone to make those sort of same decisions with my job, right? I could have played it safe. I could have stayed in finance. I could have done like what everyone else did for my high school and it wouldn't have necessarily been difficult, but I would have found it difficult because I just truly didn't like it and I wasn't afraid to just see what happened. Okay. I knew the challenge you yeah i liked the challenge and i also like to prove that i can do things a little bit differently and not play by everyone else's rules and that's really been a motivating and driving factor of every single thing i've done even in the last 12 months there's so many things that i've done that i've just been like we're just gonna throw some shit against the wall and see what sticks and hope it works and learn something from it and take a minute just like we're doing right now to reflect back on the experience and again that still ties into your nutrition, right? Because we can't manage what we don't measure. And that's really where things like food tracking come in. That's where conversations with your coach on a weekly basis become so important because it's just giving you the chance to get that third party perspective. 
I love my clients. I want them to be successful. I want them to feel empowered to make decisions on their own without my help. I'll give them all the tools in the toolkit, but at the end of the day, they're the ones that have to execute. That's really what so many things come down to, whether it's food, whether it's business, whether it's choosing to go back to school, anything where are you deciding where you where to live like whatever it is all of those things foundationally are tied by that same type of principle and i think it's one of those things that i even see in the gym like i'll say to clients often when i'm teaching classes one of my favorite kind of lines if it's a strength training day and i have the client or two who's struggling to decide what weight to pick up or most of the time they're clearly lifting something that's way too light for them i always say and sometimes it's in a joking way but it's true what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you pick up a heavier set of dumbbells the absolute worst thing that happens if you pick up a heavier set of dumbbells or a heavier barbell put an extra plate on there whatever it is is you have to put them down is that really that bad no it's not if that's and if that's the worst thing that happened to you today sorry but that makes you sound a little spoiled right like you're never going to know unless you try and you're never going to be able to figure out the things you like or in the sense of nutrition and and your approach to your meals how are you going to expand your palate if you always stick to the same foods or why are you going to continue to eat the same exact things and not get the same results i mean it's been said a lot recently for a whole variety of things but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting to get the same result. That's so apparent in our fitness and our nutrition. If you were doing something before and it got you into a position that you do not like, whether that's because your clothes are too tight, you're not super happy with what you see in the mirror, any of those things, whether it's because you feel like you, you're weaker, you want to be stronger, you want to build muscle, any goal, any goal, physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is, you're not going to achieve them by continuing to do the same things that put you in that position in the first place. If you lose sight of that, which I think we can when we get frustrated, then you're always going to keep starting back at the same place. On top of that, I think there's also just recognizing, and I kind of touched on this a little while ago when we were talking about meeting yourself where you are and making different adjustments. I do find that many of the people I work with and hope to attract to work with have tried a lot of things. They've tried a lot of other diets. Their cousin tried something that they recommended and it doesn't really matter which one it is, so I'm not gonna pick on one. But then they tend to forget that something about their life has changed. So in talking about the fact that you might as well try to address your nutrition in December when there's a lot of holidays, I was mentioning, hey, why don't you try it now when it's hard? and come up with a plan that's going to meet you exactly where you are, this kind of speaks to the same point. All I'm saying is that the approach has to make sense with the season that you're in. And I had, I have totally seen this in my own life when I look back on where I was four years ago when I first started tracking my macros and was in a different place professionally. In my personal life, I lived in a different state, all of these different things. I had totally different stressors. I had totally different goals and what I wanted to achieve in all areas. It was honestly a lot easier and there were certain habits or tasks or routine schedules, a combination of all five of those things that I was able to keep without a lot of barriers that I maybe face now. And that's not to say that that's an excuse. It's just to recognize the reality of it and and notice that, okay, my life looks totally different. So I need to come up with a new plan. And having that extra set of eyes, that other person who doesn't have the bias that still wants you to succeed, but they just don't have the bias or kind of the cloudiness that comes with being so involved in your day to day that they just miss some of those challenges or can't provide the fresh perspective that you need. That's exactly where a coach comes in. The coach comes in and helps you assess what those ideas are. And in my case, what I really try to focus on in a one-on-one -on -one setting with my clients is let's just pick the easiest thing. What's the most obvious? What's the number one thing that may be getting in the way of your goals or holding you back, keeping you stuck in the past, keeping you in that mindset of, oh, well, when before I had kids, this was easier. Or before when I had this kind of job, I could do these things. And instead of just noticing that and kind of complaining about it and letting it keep you stuck, let's just throw it the heck out of the window and move on and come up with a new strategy and address the hardest part, but the most obvious keyword being the most obvious, the lowest hanging fruit, as we like to say, first and knock that out and get really good at that thing. And then we can layer on from there.
being able to use Krista as that accountability is the start because mm -hmm. if you haven't already been holding yourself accountable, I don't want to say that you don't have it in you to eventually hold yourself accountable, but having a coach and having someone there that is expecting that, uh, what, what would you say? What, what do you call it? The eating schedule or what the eating list of what they ate that week? What is that called? Yeah, just their food tracking, their food log. Their food tracking. That's mm -hmm. like, and obviously that's all I've experienced from your coaching. So I can't really speak on anything else. Sure. Yeah, but that's a huge component of it. I mean, I won't even, part of the reason that's why what you've experienced is because before I give anyone any direction at all, that's like almost the pre-homework, the prerequisite, if you will, of working with me is, I just had this conversation the other day. I'm about to launch my nutrition program through the fort and we're taking on new clients there. And I told three of them, we had our kind of like our initial onboarding, the get to know you sort of conversation. Let me hear your story, your background, what your dieting history is like. And a lot of them are kind of surprised that I'm not jumping right in, telling them exactly what to do. I asked them for the next seven days, eat whatever you eat normally and do not change your behavior just because I'm looking at it. The reason for that is that is the only way for me to actually figure out where you are. But more importantly, we're trying to guarantee your success because we're meeting you exactly where you are. And if we tie that into the podcast, right? Like I kind of said before, oh, my hand was forced in doing solo episodes. I was just meeting myself where I was at the time with the changes in my schedule. I'm literally like sitting on the floor sometimes with my microphone recording wherever I can. It was just easier to not have to be on somebody else's schedule and for me to be able to record on my own time and there were a lot of different moving parts and I was getting a handle on a new routine and that just made more sense for me. That could then apply even to my own nutrition. My nutrition looked wildly different and not in the best way. So that's exactly what I tell everyone when I first start working with them. I, I want to see exactly where you're at right now today because let's say our goal together, realistically speaking, you should be consuming an average of 125 grams of protein, but you're only tracking at about 80 grams. And I notice that from not giving you any direction at all, I'm going to set you up for success because I'm going to be smart enough to recognize that I'm not going to ask you to wake up by tomorrow when the last six months, year plus, three years, five, even maybe 10, you've only been averaging around 80 grams of protein a day. Let's walk before we can run and have you get going with say, let's take that 80 grams, move the needle a little bit. The next week, can you get me to an average of 100? And we'll slowly work ourselves up. That can also be hard because everyone wants instant gratification and they expect to see the results right away. But that's also the responsibility of the coach to explain that this isn't necessarily about how quickly you can get me to some magic number because it's not about a magic number. It's about developing consistency. And I'd rather help you get consistent by making it easy for you to get consistent by not putting such a demand on you to wake up and be perfect the next morning. Because if it's you were capable of that, weight. you wouldn't need me. It's not about your weight. It's about your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. that we have to re-engineer their lifestyle in order yep. to lose the weight. Totally, totally. And we have to figure out, you're, you're right, re-engineering your lifestyle, that requires give and take. And I actually had another podcast episode I recorded with a guest recently. It'll come out after this episode. She's a nutritionist, and I really liked how she said it. She, You and I kind of tried to come up with a catchphrase for this, Tony, and we were thinking like delayed sacrifice or calculated sacrifice. She explained it in the context of compromise versus sacrifice. And I think compromise is really the right word. She nailed it. It's you have to recognize that there are some compromises you're going to need to make. So for as much as I want to sit here and say that we are going to do everything we can for the diet to meet your lifestyle versus you changing your lifestyle to meet the diet, that's not entirely true. We are going to have to make some changes to your lifestyle in order for you to get where you want to go. I'm just here to guide you to help you figure out like what are the non-negotiables? Like maybe there's something you're doing that you won't change or you can't change. The first thing that comes to mind for me. It is. Yeah, right. Like my whole sweet potato conversation. Yeah, I love sweet potato casserole. I have to have that on Thanksgiving. On a more day-to-day -day example, 
what I was going to say was breakfast. I have a lot of clients who don't eat breakfast and I'm not going to sit there and ridicule them, but they all know that the challenge of not eating breakfast is that most likely they're really going to have to make an effort to catch up on their protein goal throughout the rest of the day, whatever that looks like for them. And a lot of times we figure out that it's not that they don't like breakfast. It's just that they feel that they don't have time. And the way we attack that is one through meal prep and me providing them ideas For example, I'm a big proponent of those little egg bites or like the little egg bite muffin sort of things. You literally make them in a muffin tin. Super easy. You can heat them up at work or coming up with something else, whether that's because you don't like eggs, you can't eat them for some reason, or you just you feel like you don't have time. You don't want to eat them cold. You don't want to reheat them. Something like a Greek yogurt or some kind of oatmeal combination that has protein included in it. I'm not asking you to radically change your life just by including breakfast. I'm taking the information that I have available to me, recognizing what your schedule is for what it is, and then helping you guarantee that you are going to hit that protein goal. And that may look like a protein bar. While that's not my preferred number one method, it still works. And it's a step in the right direction to help guarantee your consistency, which again, as I've said, and I've said on other episodes before, the consistency is what actually allows you to get to the goals that maybe you haven't achieved before. And then boom, we layer in this other system of support by having the coach support you and keeping you not only accountable, but being the structure that you need to create that consistent environment. Coming up on your first year of podcasting. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tony and I were talking the other night and I put together a reel that was like some fun clips and little screenshots of us on Zoom, me with some other guests, uh, the behind the scenes, us taking like pictures of our Zoom screens pulled up, late night editing, everything that's gone into making the show happen on a weekly basis. So I feel just like we said at the very beginning of the episode, it was kind of great timing because this is the time of year people tend to reflect and start to think about their goals going into the next year. And I want to put that onus back on the listener. I want to ask you right now to make time, set aside a few minutes. I feel very fortunate in having this platform and having people like you who allow me to facilitate these conversations. And I appreciate you, Tony, taking the time to do this because it's been really cool for me. And I'm really happy that I know I mentioned this earlier that I did put in the extra hours and effort and minutes to sit there and listen to the episodes because I've learned so much. Like I've said this, I feel like a million times every time I record an introduction, I've just had such interesting people on the show. More importantly, it's been an amazing way to connect and and just feel like I can get smarter off of this. I feel like I'm always learning. That was something that got me interested in journalism in the first place when I was not even 16, not even 17 years old, hadn't graduated high school yet. I loved the variety. And I think that's definitely tapped into in this experience because I, I've gotten so many cool guests and I'm continuing to book more. We've got exciting people lined up for 2022. And this is my kind of journaling session, right? I just happen to be doing it via audio to think about, well, what have we gotten out of this? And yes, of course, it's been helpful as a way to drive more potential clients and help people meet me and understand me and hear me in a different light. But just my for my own education in a in a year in a two year span, ugh, I can't believe we're saying that, but in a two year span of how the world has changed since 2020. It was super hard to connect with people for a while. So I'm ridiculously grateful for podcasting to be able to do that. And Tony, to tie it back to the two of us, even we've said like, who would have thought that we would have developed such a cool working relationship and a true friendship in in a virtual setting, right? Like I feel like I'd love for any listener listening to this, if you guys hear back this episode, it it almost, I, I want your take on like, can you believe that we've actually never met in person? Because I feel like we have a good back and forth. And I know that's why we work so well together. And you've been so supportive in helping me hit those quick turnaround times. Again, keeping me accountable and keeping me on track and knowing that you understand what I'm committed to in terms of being committed to excellence and producing quality content every single week, bringing value every single week in a space that arguably feels a little bit saturated sometimes. Don't love saying that because I think that's just kind of something people have thrown around in the fitness industry, generally speaking, whether that's in podcasting, on social, gyms, whatever. It doesn't really matter because even if two people listen to this and they get something out of it, like I 
I would be thrilled to know that two listeners out there took 10 minutes to write down five different things that they were proud of. So that's my challenge to you. I want you to take out a piece of paper. Maybe you happen to be on a walk right now while you're listening to this. That's where I tend to listen to most of my podcasts during that time. So go back inside when you're sitting back at your desk or maybe you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and make this a part of your morning routine. Write down five, 10, even two things that you've accomplished in 2021 And they can be anything, personal, professional. It doesn't have to be nutrition related. It doesn't have to be fitness related. And read it and give yourself a pat on the back because you deserve it. And we don't do that enough. It's so apparent when I talk to clients, we are so quick to lead with the negative and not be as kind to ourselves. And the voice inside inside of our heads, if we ever talk to our friends that way, we wouldn't really have a lot of friends. So do that for you because you owe that to yourself. And that is what's going to set your year for 2022 apart. Because the second challenge that I have is for you to maybe rip off the Band-Aid, so to speak, and write down the things you didn't accomplish, but you wanted to. And instead of looking at it like you're disappointed or you're like, man, why didn't I get to that? Guess what? If it's still important to you, which I presume it is since it made it to this list, you're thinking about it. Maybe you're not thinking about it every day, but take the minute, put the pen to paper, or even open up a note on your phone. God knows we're all on our phones all the time and put down, here are the five things that I didn't get to do in 2021 and I'm going to make it my mission to do them in 2022. And if you're serious about that and you really want to make it happen, of course, if it's a nutrition or fitness goal, I'd love to help you out in any capacity, even if it's just to get you started, to to give you a little pep talk via the DMs, like I don't care what it is, whether it's full-blown coaching or even just a, hey, you got this, I'm always here for you. But I want you to take it one step further and then write down for each of those goals, tasks, activities, whatever it is that you want to accomplish in 2022, for every single one of them, list at least one step you can take, one action step you can take to get yourself a little bit closer to there. Because those are the sorts of activities and moments that I feel most of us kind of just, uh, you're like, okay, maybe I'll get to that. Like, it sounds nice in theory. And I know that super successful people do these things, but then we don't actually take the time to do it. So I'm going to do the same thing too. I want Tony to do the same thing and put you on the spot here, TP. We got lots of goals even together for 2022 for our business plans and what we're going to grow the fix into, everything. So we're going to do it together and you're going to do it on your own and I'm going to do it on my own. Maybe you need to find a buddy. Find your own accountability buddy. If it's not me, tell a friend, tell a sibling, tell your mom, whoever, to hold you accountable to this list. Sometimes just sharing it and I think speaking it out loud and that's why I'm happy I'm even doing this right now is going to keep me honest with it. So I'll report back to you guys. Maybe I'll do a little extra post on social, on Instagram or something like that. And we're going to hit the ground running for 2022 early. We're starting right now. There's never a better time to start. Again, if you got something out of this episode, like we say every single week, you know what you got to do, share it. Most importantly, Yes, I appreciate the shout outs on Instagram. You throwing it up on your stories, telling a few friends, but it's honestly a lot more impactful if you're listening to this and if, and somebody specifically comes to mind, send them a text. Like, be like, hey, you should listen to this conversation. I know that they would appreciate it in the long run because it usually takes that personal touch for them to take the step to go ahead and do it. So Tony, I appreciate you. Thanks for jamming with me. Thanks for helping everybody kind of get a little bit more of an inside look into the fix. We've got some homework to do with this activity and also our venture into YouTube. So we got to get cracking. But I know if anybody can help me get it done, it's definitely you. And for everybody who tuned in to listen today, I hope you enjoyed another episode of The Fix Podcast. Year one is wrapped up and in the books. We are not taking any breaks. So yes, the holidays are coming with our content calendar Thursdays, we don't happen to have an exact holiday between Christmas and New Year's that falls on that day. So you can expect fresh new content coming your way. We're rolling right into 2022. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day from wherever you're listening from. 